Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Upside Swings Draft Podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined as always by the great Stone Hansen, and bring in the next of our in our series of guests here to talk about the LA Clippers. And that's uh, Isaac of NBA Draft Scouting. Uh, he is one of the better, more consistent uh, uh, scouting people on all of the internet, uh, both on Instagram and Twitter. He always does great work. His 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 scouting reports are very detailed, um, and we're just really excited to have him on. Uh, Isaac, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you all for having me on. I'm excited to do this. Yeah, of course. This is uh, this is one we've been looking forward to for quite a while. So uh, it's definitely exciting to get it going. Stone, how are you doing, my guy? Uh, doing good. Um, we're at the home stretch of these these uh, episodes, and um, it's a good way to sort of end, end these on a higher note with the line of guests that we have. Um, we have we're really excited for the guests we have, and obviously uh, one of them being NBA draft scouting Isaac here. So uh, we get to hopefully rip the Clippers up a bit um, and uh, see see who they can take for twenty five. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to say there is a conflict of interest here as a uh, stone is a Lakers fan uh, and, and uh, he, he, he will try to keep bias out of this, but uh, we'll see how try. that goes. Um, <laughs> and also I want to say, this is the first time uh, I've had two red beers on the podcast. I'm used to just stone. Yeah. I got and, uh, the bright red going. Oh yeah. Summer. Oh yeah. This is uh this is this is fun. So uh, I'm I'm beardless currently. I feel naked without my mustache, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about the Clippers, uh, not not facial hair. Sadly, that's that's a podcast for a different day. Maybe in the off season, we got to get Chuck on here too. It'll be a whole thing. Um, <laughs> but with the Clippers, uh, they are a team that I think you could say sort of had a disappointing end of the season, but it wasn't really in their control. Uh, Kawhi Leonard in I want to say it was game. Four against the Utah Jazz, had a partial tear of his ACL, and uh, the Clippers ended up winning in six, and then they took the Suns to six without him. But it, it sort of felt like this was a team that was destined to to make it to the finals after those first two games against the Jazz, after they had toughed it out against the Mavericks in the first round, and they just sort of all fell flat. This is the second straight year where – it really felt like there was something here. This was a championship team that just couldn't quite get there. Um, so, Isaac, I wanted to get your perspective on what you think the Clippers are as a team, whether you think uh, they're going to be back in contention next year, and, and what you think the holes on their roster really are. Um, with Kawhi Leonard, probably more than likely will be healthy again next season. I think they will be in contention uh, for a championship. Obviously, that Kawhi Leonard injury hurt them a lot because – you lose the, one of the best two-way players, one of the best NBA players in the game. But then you also had key role players. And Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann dropped a career high. Um, he was a great role player for them. But I think they'll be back for contention. Some holes, though, um, they'll have four big free agents. You have Reggie Jackson, Nicholas Batum. You can consider DeMarcus and Patrick Patterson. You know, Pat Patterson's more of a, you know, vet on the bench. But they'll have to fill in some power forwards, I feel like. They don't really have any true power forwards. And – I know they love to go small ball, so plugging in some, you know, some typical UC power forwards at center position because they ran Nicholas Batum at center. I feel like a traditional power forward will fit well there or even some other small forwards that will fit next to well next to uh, Kawhi and PG. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think uh, 
they're a team that at this point is at least in the draft. I think, you know, if they could really get like a rim pressure guard and free agency, that's mm-hmm. something, but I don't, I don't know if that type of player is going to be here in the draft. So I think sort of getting really good off ball wings or, or bigger guards is sort of the goal here. Um, and they have the 25th pick, which is in most drafts, sort of a nothing pick and, and very well could end up being mediocre at best in this draft. Um, but with this draft, there is quite a bit of depth at both those spots. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Isaac, I'm going to throw it to you first. Who are some names you think really make sense for the Clippers here? So I just actually watched a lot of film on the other day. My favorite one is Usman Garuba, who played for Real Madrid. Um, defensive monster, uh, arguably the best defender in the draft, on-ball, off-ball defender, uh, high-motor player. I like the idea of putting him as a small-ball center a lot of the times. I think he'd fit well. Um, next to a guy like Kawhi and PG, who are both elite defenders, you have Pat Bev at the point of attack defense. Um, and Garuba, when I was watching him, he was just all over the court, playing with energy. He knows what – he doesn't play outside his role. He plays within his role. Um, he'll have to work on the corner threes a little bit more, uh, improve his outside shooting consistency. His form can be a little bit flat at times. Hand placement is the greatest. Um, another one like is JT Thor, although I think he might go a little bit higher. I think there may be a slim chance he drops to the Clippers here. Um, very mobile, uh, has shown upside as a shooter. Good shot blocker, can slide his feet on the perimeter defensively. I think he'll fit in well as a small ball center. Then one guy who I think is one of the more underrated players in draft is Miles Juice McBride. Um, he met, had great measurements at the combine. He's like, I think, around 6'3 with shoes, 6'9 uh, wingspan, elite defender, especially on the ball. Um, has shown some shot-making ability. Uh, you know, at the West Virginia offensive, it ran like really through him. Uh, he showed improvements as a playmaker. He improved his percentages from three. Uh, that's one guy I would like there as well. Yeah, I'm in agreement with all those guys. Um, and, and the one I want to hit on first uh, is the last one. Uh, I think Deuce is a really interesting fit here. Um, I He didn't apply a lot of rim pressure at West Virginia, but right. I think there is a chance that with improved NBA spacing he could be an okay rim pressure guard I don't think he's ever going to create a ton of churn in the defense but he is a solid athlete and West Virginia's spacing was awful uh yeah he he was constantly running into a brick wall uh just just really had a rough time and and it forced him to take a lot of sort of tough mid-range shots and I think that in the NBA some of those are going to turn into to layup so so I think he makes sense as sort of a bet to uh, start to apply some rim pressure as a guard, but also he's a, an accomplished shooter and a dog on defense. Like, like Isaac mentioned, his, his, his measurables are really impressive. Um, I don't, I'm not one for comparisons, but his measurements at the very least were Patrick Beverly asked in that he might only be six, two, but he's long enough to guard wings and to bother wings. And, and he's probably even a little bit stronger than Beverly was uh, as a prospect, even, even after Beverly went over to Europe. So I think that is one of my favorite fits in this whole draft is if, is if Deuce could find his way onto the Clippers. Um, but stone with those other two, or even with Deuce, is there anything you want to hit on there? Yeah. Um, I'll also hit on Deuce. I, I really come to come around on liking him as a top 20 guy. Um, I've had him top 20 for a while now, but I'm even pushing him towards like the back end of my lottery at this point uh, on my personal board. Um, especially due to the fact like, um, like Isaac was saying, defensively, he's 
like as close to elite as you can be, I think, if you're not wanting to put him in that label, which I think it's fair to. Um, he's super, super strong. Uh, I think that's what sets him apart from other guards that we might talk about in this range. It's just his, his sheer strength. He's a really, really strong guy, really um, beefy. And I think that's what helps him a lot in terms of uh, being able to put pressure on a lot of these other uh, opposing guards where he, he can seal off point of attacks um, and prevent them from getting into the paint at any sort of rate a lot of the time. Uh, and then offensively, there's just there's no real holes offensively with him. Um, he's a guy who is a really good space creator, um, good three-point shooter. He's a good um, facilitator and passer. Uh, he does a lot of things good, um, not necessarily a whole lot great, but I don't think at 25 you're really going to be looking for somebody to do a lot great. Um, and he fills a hole for them. He fills a need. I think they a lot of times uh, would lack the on-ball creation, um, especially if Paul George was sitting because Kawhi was out. Um, Reggie Jackson obviously stepped up, but I'm not really sure what he did in this year's playoffs is repeatable. Um, so having a guy like Miles McBride would really help out a lot. Uh, and then I'll throw I'll, I'll throw out a few other guards here in this range, and I'll get your guys' thoughts on them. Uh, one being Sharif Cooper. I think Sharif could really help them in terms of that on-ball creator, uh, really an elite passer, um, can shift defenses. And uh, with a healthy Kawhi and Paul George, having get those guys to be able to um, pass to in the corners or out on the perimeter can really be uh, something special. Um and then the other two guys along the lines of a, of a Miles McBride, who might be a bit safer, would be Jared Butler. Um, Jared Butler is somebody I'm stupidly high on, but I think uh, he is another guy who does a lot of things really well and not necessarily anything great or elite. Um, probably not the defender that Miles McBride is, um, but still a, a good one. Um, and then lastly, I'll throw out Trey Mann, uh, somebody who uh, I think a lot of draft Twitter is pretty high on in um, having his pull up gravity uh, again with Reggie Jackson, likely not to repeat what he did in this year's playoffs, having somebody like Trey Mann can be pretty beneficial in that area. Uh, even if like Miles McBride, he doesn't put a ton of rim pressure on teams. Um, there's enough pull up gravity there in, in shot creation to where it's um, really enticing for what the Clippers could need. Yeah, uh, Isaac, are there any of those names that really stick out to you that you want to hit on? Yeah, I like the Trey Mann one a lot. Uh, you know, he's super smooth handle and flexibility. Uh, he operated a ton in the pick and roll this year. That's I think almost every other play seemed like he was in the pick and roll, and his ability to shoot off the dribble, hit difficult shots was really impressive. Um, like he said, who knows if Reggie Jackson can, uh, like, you know, do what he did this year, because I have never really seen – I don't think I've ever seen him play like that in a while or if ever. Um, so having Trey Mann there, who can be another scoring option for the Clippers, uh, take some ball pressure away from a guy like PG and Kawhi, if any of them rest or sit. Um, you know, Trey Mann, I think he has some underrated playmaking ability too. Uh, I know some are skeptical about, skeptical about his playmaking, but I, I believe he can be a legitimate starting point guard that can facilitate and initiate an offense. And just the gravity he pulls uh, for Florida was very – off the screens, I knew he's getting hedged a lot, and they're just doing a lot of ball up top ball screens of him and Colin Castleton. Um, but yeah, I like Trey Mann a lot there. Yeah, uh, Trey Mann is someone you know. Uh, Stone mentioned he's ridiculously high on Jared Butler. Uh, Trey Mann is that for me. I have him seven on my board. Uh, comfortable 
high. I just think that that pull-up gravity is is legit. Um, and you know, there's no place I'd rather see him than LA. Uh, maybe not this LA, to be honest, but uh, we won't dive into that. <laughs> um, another guy I wanted to hit on uh, is Sharif Cooper. Sharif Cooper to me is sort of the ultimate like swing for the fences pick by the Clippers here because a lot of ceiling floor guy, even, you know, Isaac, you mentioned uh, JT Thor earlier. He's sort of a ceiling floor proposition that won't contribute early. I think Sharif Cooper, if he's going to be like, like hit, a, hit his sort of 75 percentile outcome as a very good NBA starting point guard, we're going to see that early. And, and if that, you know, if that means that he is, automatically generating rim pressure and creating really good shots for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, then that is a home run pick at 25. Um, the issues though are, you know, and, and this, this is going to go with some of these guys, no matter what, aside from maybe Deuce, it's that the Clippers like to switch. Uh, Sharif cannot be in a switching scheme um, at all. Uh, but, and then obviously the jump shot, we've touched, we've touched on the jump shot quite a bit on this pod, um, creating that space, um, for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard uh, might be tough, but he is the ultimate rim pressure guard. Uh, I, I think he's really interesting here. Um, and then really quickly, and, and you guys can, can circle back around to anyone as well, but I wanted to ask Stone, uh, you know, he mentioned he's ridiculously high on Jared Butler and someone else he was ridiculously high on was uh, Cole Anthony. Um, and I just, because I like to torch you, Stone, uh, who do you like better pre-draft, Cole Anthony or Jared Butler? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know why you do this to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say Cole Anthony um, because I, I think Cole Anthony, um, although I think Jared Butler's ceiling is underrated by many, and I, I think he has a fairly high ceiling, um, even though he's perceived, I think, by most as a safer sort of bet, uh, high floor type guy. Um, I think ultimately Cole Anthony's higher end outcomes are just more valuable. Um, so that would probably be my main reason for that. Um, but yeah, really, uh, it probably depends on what day you ask me because I I love both. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's just what I wanted to ask you. I, I asked him about, uh, JRE or Xavier Tillman, uh, earlier in this year and, uh, and, and that he did not enjoy that one. Um, Isaac, are there any of those guys that you really want to hit on? Because uh, because there's some really interesting names there. Um, I'll even throw another one in, and that's uh, Nashawn Bones Highland. Um, so so there's some really interesting guards in this range. Um, are there any of those guys that, that you want to really hit on and break down uh, why you feel like they'd be a good fit here in, in L.A.? Yeah, another one, like kind of like what you said, Bones Highland, I, I kind of slipped my mind right there. Uh, his shooting is arguably one off the dribble from deep. I, in my opinion, I think in many other opinions, he has the best range in the class. Um, he can pull out from 30 plus feet with these. I think there's one against Dayton on Jalen Crutchery from the left wing, which is no hesitation. Uh, he would pull a ton of gravity out from three. And then that gives you another threat off the ball uh, with PG. You know, if he likes the, you know, isolations up top of the key, uh, high post, you have bone tiling, you can't help off of bones, you know. And then Bones can also create for himself. He has a nice handle, uh, can operate in the pick and roll, crafty finisher around the room. Not much of a playmaker by any means, more of a score guard. And I think his off-ball defense is pretty solid this year for the most part. And he has length. I think he has a 6'8", 6'9", wingspan. I'm not 100% sure, somewhere around there. Um, so he'll be switchable. I feel like you can switch him between probably one to three, depending on who the three is. And that's like what you said, like what the Clippers like to do. 
and just the shooting gravity. Uh, you know, with guys like Kawhi and PJ, they'll get their touches, and that's another. And uh, Bones is something you can't help off, kind of like Luke Kennard. Uh, he was hitting some catch and shoot threes. Sometimes he took put it on the deck and off the dribble. Um, but yeah, Bones is one that stood out, like one you just said. Yeah, I uh, I like Bones here a lot, and and you mentioned Luke Kennard. I think the issue with Luke Kennard is as a true gravity well on offense is that he's sometimes a little hesitant to shoot. He sort of has that um, almost like like Teo Maladon like factory mm. brain of like I want to make the right decision. And he feels like sometimes that's not shooting. Uh, Bones doesn't have that, and th- and that's a good thing. He he will let it fly. Um, oh, yeah. I think you know. I would say he's the best shooter in the class, uh, just because he's he sort of a PD called it uh, a five tool shooter, and that he shoots in every way: off the dribble, uh, off movement, pure catch and shoots, um, off back pedals. However you want to put it, he he shoots that. Um, I really like him here. Um, but my favorite fit of all the guys we've mentioned, aside from Trey Mann, because I'm just way higher on him than all these other guys, but my favorite fit is Jared Butler. Uh, Stone, I'm going to throw it to you to sort of give give people the Jared Butler spiel and 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 why you why I'm guessing you agree with me that he is probably the best fit of guys here in LAC. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you had Trey Mann seven, and currently I have Jared Butler seven. Um, I have Trey Man eight actually, so I'm not too far behind with you on that. Um, with Jared Butler, uh, he's he's so good at a lot of things. Like I said, where there's like much like Cade, there's like it, it's hard to really see any area he's bad at. Like Jared Butler offensively can create his own shot. Um, he's a good enough facilitator, good passer. Um, he's actually a much improved decision maker this year too. Um, defensively, he's, you know, uh, um, probably not like a, a deuce level defender, like I said, but still can be, um, a, a positive on that end. I think, uh, at least for opposing guards, probably not guarding up or switching much. Um, and, and then as an off ball shooter, um, he can shoot off movement and relocation. Um, so there's, there's a whole lot to like about Jared Butler. And I think, um, he's probably got one of the highest floors in this class out of anybody and I, I think a lot of times people that that have those high floors um people tend to think that they may not have as high a ceiling uh but I'm not really sure that's the case for Jared Butler I think he's very scalable especially next to guys like you know um Kawhi and Paul George there um and he's somebody that he, he's still like really young for a junior he's still only 20 um which I think gets underrated for a, a lot of people um there's not a lot of 20 year old juniors. So <clears throat> being able to uh, do what he does at his age is pretty impressive. <clears throat> and then the, the final guy I'll, I'll throw in here. Um, yeah, I don't want to throw in too many names here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the final guy I would throw in here would be Davion Mitchell, his teammate. Now, I'm not quite as high on, um, but he's, you know, probably fits their age range more just being, he's a bit older, a bit more experienced. Um, still a really, really good defender. Um, I think strength is probably what sets him and induce McBride apart defensively, uh, but can be, you know, the Patrick Beverly type pest uh, as a defender. Um, and then offensively, you know, he's got great burst. Um, he's really able to blow by guys a lot, um, can create for himself in isolation. A, kind of an underrated passer, although I'm not sure I would uh, really feel comfortable relying on him as like a primary facilitator for long stretches. Um, and then 
they keep popping in my head. So I'll throw one final guy in here before we move on. Uh, that would be Josh Primo. Um, obviously, he's mm-hmm. on the much younger side for the Clippers, but I think he fills a lot of what they could need um, as uh, a guy who can, you know, be a really reliable shooter uh, and then defend uh, maybe the one through three. Um, so he's a guy who, you know, he's super young still. I think he's like one of the top five youngest guys in this class. Might be the youngest, actually, if I remember. I think he's the youngest. Yeah. So he's um, somebody who's really enticing. Uh, he's probably going to need a little more work than the other guys uh, to fill out his game. And, you know, maybe that's something that the Clippers don't really want to put into considering their timeline. Uh, but I think he's somebody that can fill a lot of their holes uh, and would be an interesting fit here. Yeah, both those guys are interesting. I don't, I feel like there's almost no chance Davion is here. Um, he gets talked about as high as seven. And then this draft is is really unpredictable. I would say past six, but I, I feel like, I feel like Davion won't get here. Um, yeah, he's, he's probably going lotto. Like I, I have a hard time seeing him not go lotto. But yes, on my board, he's right around here. And, and I think he would be a solid pick. Uh, again, similar to Sharif in that just like ultimate rim pressure guard. Um, but but more ready to contribute. Primo's just so I feel like he's still a little far away. Um, like the shot, I think translates immediately, but I think the defense is probably a couple ticks away from being NBA level. And I don't know if he's gonna be able to attack close out well enough yet. Um, and we've seen, you know, like that's not that's far from a death nail on his career. I mean, Terrence Mann was much older and didn't really contribute much his first season and, and has obviously was huge in the playoffs for the Clippers this year. But those are two guys. I, I don't know if, if, if they're necessarily in the cards here, but really interesting names. Um, but that being said, I, I want to move on a little bit and, and ask you, Isaac, if, if you think like the roster's at a point where any sort of trades make sense, whether it be maybe a trade up in the draft or completely trading this pick, um, you know, what, what type of trades do you think make some sense here for the Clippers? So if I feel like there's going to be some slippage in a draft, so either I think they should stay put rather than trade up and give something away, or if they have a chance to land a star. So maybe like Dame gets traded somewhere else to fill in CJ once out, CJ McCollum. Maybe you can trade Terrence Mann, Patrick Beverly, that pick, and then uh, like Luke Kennard or Marcus Moore Sr. Maybe who knows if Portland accepts that because it's not too great of a deal for a guy like CJ McCollum. Um, but the only way I would trade this pick is definitely if there's like some kind of for sure proven star that they need to have like a third legitimate option. Because right now, I'm not 100% sure on who their third best player is. Obviously, it's Kawhi one, PG two, then three. I'm not too sure on that yet. Um, so maybe if you get a third proven star like CJ McCollum, that's one I was looking at that I would like a lot. Yeah, I, I like, too, that you mentioned that there's going to be some slippage in this draft and, the, and that you mm-hmm. think that hurts the value of moving up because I agree. I, I feel like we've talked about it with a couple teams. Uh, the one that really strikes my mind was the Grizzlies, where I feel like there are teams that are sort of just at the perfect spot to just sort of sit back and wait to see who the best player that falls to them is. You know, there could be three guys that are perfectly equal on their board, and it's like, well, two of these guys are probably going to be gone, so we'll just take the one who's left. And, you know, the fact that we mentioned nine guards, basically, I don't think all those guys are off the board by the time the Clippers yeah. get there. So unless one of those guys is really their guy, uh, I think they could they could do really well to just sort of sit at 25, not have to give out assets and and get a player that, that they think is of equal value to um, the other players we mentioned who could go higher. So I, I like that you mentioned that. I think CJ is interesting. 
figure out who the third best player is going to be interesting because for it's a little man. bit, what? Terrence Mann. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Stone is officially part of the Terrence Mann hype train. He has been for a long time. O- OG conductor, I believe. Um, man is interesting. I think they'll probably be able to bring Reggie Jackson back. Uh, if he could sort of continue that, that play, we'll see. Um, but whoever that player is will probably have to be the second best player for some of the regular season. I think Kawhi is probably going to mm-hmm. miss the first maybe month to, if not longer, of the, the partially ACL tears. The history of them are really weird. Uh, you know, you had Jay Crowder partially tears ACL in the playoffs and was back by opening day the next year. I don't, I don't expect that with Kawhi. They tend to be more careful with his uh, probably yeah. degenerative knee issues. But, uh, you know, someone's going to have to step up. Uh, whether it be a Reggie Jackson or, you know, maybe Luke Kennard could secretly be a really interesting, you know, sort of sin eater during, during the regular season. Um, they're at an interesting spot. And I think they can maybe take a player here who's going to really make a difference. Or if they trade this play pick, uh, CJ is a perfect fit. I think that's a really excellent idea. Um, even if they can't get CJ and it doesn't necessarily fit their MO, but like, like, um, like Yusuf Nurkic, if you could, send her a deal around Zubach for Nurkic. That could be really interesting. Nurkic is a very good regular season player. Um, but a team like this, we've talked about this with other sort of like really good teams who, who are pretty capped out, um, oftentimes need to have a second round pick um, to just sort of fill a really cheap roster spot. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, just, just each of you, like who is a second round pick that you think is going to be at a, Point, so say like 40 or below where this the Clippers can simply buy the pick. Um, who is a guy on your board who you think will go in that range that you really like here uh, with the Clippers? So uh, Isaac, I'll throw it to you first. Um, who is a guy like that who you think makes a lot of sense? Who's going to probably go between 40 and 60? Man, I think one, uh, there's a chance he does go undrafted. I was looking at his name quite a bit and it was really just interesting to me. Uh, Sam Hauser out of Virginia. Uh, not quite. He's a wing, tall wing, but I think he's been pretty underrated in the draft process. He's been rising on my board rapid firely. Uh, shot, what was it? I can't remember the exact percentage from three, but he, some high 40s, mid 40s from three, I believe. One of the best shooters off the movement, off the catch, really smooth release. Um, not sure who was on draft Twitter, but someone thinks he's the best shooter in the draft, which you can easily make a case for. Um, I like that fit a lot next to, you know, the play off the ball, be a catch-shoot threat, movement threat. Uh, he's not afraid to shoot it. He has more confidence, I feel like, than a guy like Luke Kennard because, like you said, he can, you know, have open looks, pass it up, try to create some, be too safe. I think Sam Hazard knows his role, uh, can come off screens, can come off, you know, pin downs, uh, can come off type, different type of screens and be a legitimate shooting threat. I think he'll be solid enough defensively. Yeah, uh, Hauser's an interesting name for sure. Um, definitely someone who, who I've struggled to really decide how I feel on. Um, Stone, who, who's who's your guy here? Um, yeah, Hauser too is also like if you're gonna draft him to a team, I think it, it's it would be a team like the Clippers, where his skill set could immediately come in handy for a contending type team like the Clippers. Um, that being said. <laughs> You know, it we every every single podcast we've done, his name has come up. It fits, um, and I'm going to go Eve Pons here. Um, <clears throat> he's just somebody who I think you know really helps them out defensively. Can switch, uh, 
at, at one point in his career, hopefully can become like a one through five type guy. I'm not really sure you'd be comfortable with him guarding ones a whole lot, but, um, you know, being able to do what he does in a versatile way defensively and uh, protect the rim, which is something they've, you know, struggled with in the past. They don't really have that on a consistent basis. Um, so having that with Eve Pons uh, could be really interesting. And, you know, he's um, a little bit older, so maybe that's something they look at, uh, but he's, yeah, he, he seems to really fit here, in my opinion. Um, but like we've said, he's pretty much fit for every single team we've talked to. So um, that, that would probably be my, my name here. Pons is interesting here. Uh, he's, he's sort of like a thick Terrence man. Uh, obviously, kind of different players, uh, especially offensively. But yeah, Pons is someone who just, I feel like he's been brought up every single podcast. Um, the name I'm going to go with is a, the same position as Pons, but a, a different type of player, and that's EJ Onu. Um, Onu is someone who I really like. Um, he's he's going to take some time. He might have to play in the G League even, um, but I really, really like Onu. I think he is a, a really interesting physical specimen, a solid athlete. I really do buy the shot. Um, he's going to have to learn how, how to exist on an NBA court. Uh, that sounds like a weird thing to say, but it's just – he's never played anything close to the level of competition he's going to. And I doubt he's going to be ready to contribute during his rookie season. But um, a guy like him, I think could be a really interesting long-term bet to sort of open up the floor for your two superstars. Um, and, you know, some other names that I think are interesting, uh, Quentin Grimes, Austin Reeves are sort of kind of worse versions of the guys we were talking about above. I would say uh, different, like similar archetypes, but just, slightly worse at one or two things um and then uh joy joel ai someone who's i who's got brought up a ton of, isaac you're pretty big on him right i i think i oh, yeah. feel like i heard so uh maybe do you want to give sort of the ai breakdown and what you think he would bring to the clippers so i think he could actually uh, i don't know if i'm alone if i think he could play some point card occasionally i think he has that kind of playmaking ability uh he improved his shot over his years at gonzaga uh and this is you know, some people don't look at the casual fan, but the cutting, the off-ball cutting. He knows when to cut, where to cut, where to put himself on the court. Um, not some elite on-ball defender that's going to be a defensive stopper, but I think he'll be solid enough defensively. Um, I think he's about 6'5", with maybe like a 6'8 wingspan. Uh, can play off, you know, can shoot. Um, operating the pick and roll some. And the secondary playmaking abilities is something I like a lot. I think he's was the X factor for Gonzaga's team. And uh, didn't his name wasn't mentioned. He had Drew Timmy. Uh, everyone loved the stash. Uh, you got Corey Kispert, lights out shooter, who I think won conference player of the year. Then you have Jalen Suggs, who's going to be a top four or five pick. So I think Joel, yeah, he wasn't really getting recognized as good as he or as much as he should. Um, so maybe that has some effect on his stock. Um, but I think he should be in consideration of like a late first round pick. Yeah, I, I like I like the pairing of Ayayi and Terrence Mann on, together on the court. I think that mm -hmm. gives them a lot of on-court versatility in the second unit as guys who can do a lot of things. Um, and, you know, having both those guys on the perimeter, um, maybe with, you know, one of the superstars because they tend to stagger their minutes, uh, could be really useful. And having those guys that I think are capable, Ayayi is another guy who can switch a lot, I think, in, in their sort of scheme. Uh, just because he's, he's pretty versatile. Um, so, you know, um, that being said, uh, <laughs> because he is the best switch defender in this class, and I will die on that hill, 
Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl should be in this discussion uh, because of their switch heavy defense. Um, he really fits a lot of their holes. A really, really smart player. I'm not going to go on and on about him, but I just think his skill set um, specifically, you know, in the past I've brought him up just because it's for the brand because I have to. I love Jeremiah Robinson Earl, but uh, in this specific case, I think his skill set really fits what the Clippers tend to do. Yeah, I uh, I should have seen this coming. I didn't for the first time ever. I didn't, uh, but yeah. Do you want do you want to talk about Mario Nokic too, Stone? I mean, I mean, let's just let's just put it all out there. Um, my, my with Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, do you think he's more in play at the twenty fifth pick than than past forty at this point? I feel like he's from what what I've heard and, and like a, you know I'm I'm not like plugged in or anything. I'm just going off reports, but I feel like he's definitely pushing up into that top. 35 range as almost like a lock to go if he doesn't go in the first round it's going to be right after uh, I, I could see him kind of you know being that like Omari Smelt Spellman like you know he was he was not really someone who was seen as a first round pick uh, from Villanova also and just sort of found his way there um, I think I think he could be in play at the 25th pick if they wanted to go you know we talked mostly about guards but they wanted to go more towards uh, sort of forwards um, he could be a really interesting connecting piece um that's that's an interesting thought because i've seen like an jonathan jonathan wasserman excuse me has uh said in his report or his latest report that he's heard teams discussing him sort of like in the um early first or sorry early second to to back into the first um but before that i think it was perceived by a lot of people to be sort of like a mid second round type guy um -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see where he goes draft night because i think uh, you know, for so many of these guys, you can make the case anywhere between like 20 and 45 is their range. So um, yeah. we'll see what happens on draft night. Yeah, it, it will be really interesting uh, how the draft is going to play out. Um, were there any other, you know, there, there's some other names we could hit on. We could go all night, you know, Renz Blyenberg, Rokas Yokobitis, uh, even like a Joe Weiss camp could be really interesting and sort of that mm-hmm. like uh that he, you know you talked about sam hauser we's camp is similar uh livers could be interesting there's there's a lot of guys we could bring up but is there any other sort of big overarching things you guys want to get out with the clippers um isaac i'll throw it to you first um man uh you kind of touch on one of the names i wanted to touch on isaiah livers uh that was one guy was kind of like uh i think at the four spot he had uh an injury to stack stick out in march mass but i didn't like uh, it hurt, I think it hurt Michigan, Michigan's chances to make a Final Four run. I think they lost to UCLA in the Elite Eight, I believe, by like two or something like that when it came down to the final seconds on UCLA's incredible run. Um, I like Isaiah Livers a lot. I think he's a good team defender, uh, spot-up shooter, makes good decisions. as a, He's not a ball stopper offensively. He makes quick scenes, quick, quick decisions and passes. Um, no, nah, he's a lot one. I think the second oldest person in the draft, maybe third. Uh, I think he'll fit. So kind of the timeline of the Clippers as a win now mode. Uh, I don't. He'll have a little rust probably coming off that injury, but I think he'll be another good fit. Yeah, that's interesting. So, were there, were there any other names you wanted to circle back to? Uh, not like you were saying. We could go all night. There's so many interesting names in this class. Um, <clears throat> I really like the Livers fit for so many different teams. I think he fits really well. I think he's an underrated defender too. Um, so yeah, that that's pretty much it for me. I think in terms of the names, um, because like you said, if I if I kept going, I'd be here 
another five six hours so <laughs> yeah yeah that's sort of the brand right is uh we we like we like to talk about as many names as possible um but before we get out of here i wanted to ask each of you guys uh maybe stone shouldn't answer this but i'll ask him anyways um do you think the Clippers are legitimate title contenders next year? Um, if, if they make, make a solid pick this offseason, if they retain Reggie Jackson, uh, they mostly bring back the same team. They have some ammo to make, maybe a midseason trade. Uh, Isaac, I'm going to throw it to you first. Do you think the Clippers are legitimate championship contenders next year? With the Warriors come back healthy, Lakers come back healthy, uh, I think they are, but I think they need to make some different changes to the rosters. Um, they made the you know conference finals with Kawhi missing, I think, some part of the second round. Um, but I really feel like they need a third star to be like a chance to actually win a championship because you see the Milwaukee team, they have their big three of Drew, Chris, Giannis, and then the Suns. It's just like you always need kind of a feel like a big three, unless you obviously have like a LeBron and AD, which not saying like Kawhi is obviously on a level, but. I think just getting a third star. So I do think that he makes some different differences in their roster and trying to acquire a third star. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, in agreement there because I don't think you could rely upon Reggie Jackson to, to duplicate what he did this season. Uh-huh. Uh, as fantastic as it was, I think it's just something he's never really done in his career before. And based off of that track record, it's, it's hard to rely upon him being that sort of guy consistently. Um, so I think, you know, they need to shore up their, their rim protection, I think. Um, and they need to get somebody who's a higher level uh, playmaker because um, <clears throat> I think it takes a lot of pressure off of Kawhi and Paul George, offensively speaking, because they, they're having to have so much usage and, um, you know, such a heavy offensive burden that having somebody who can create for them a lot of the time, I think would be um, pretty beneficial. Uh, and, you know, obviously I'm a Lakers fan, but I try to be as unbiased as possible. Actually, I thought the Clippers, I, they were my pick to, uh, to to beat the Lakers before the playoffs. Um, so I, I think the Clippers are in contention next year. Uh, obviously, it's very dependent upon Kawhi's health, but if you were to come back fully healthy, uh, I don't see why they wouldn't be in con- uh, playoff contender. I just think maybe they're like a half tier below some of these other teams like a Nets, Lakers, uh, mm-hmm. Bucks, or what have you. Yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement there. Um, but I, they sort they have some ammo to maybe get a third star. I think I think the big thing is they just really need someone who could generate some rim pressure. Um, and we'll see how that goes. You know, the next NBA season, this one's not even over yet. And I'm already excited for next year. That's just that's right. basketball. It's you know, it's it's year round for us. Um, and we want to, you know, it being year round means Isaac is a very busy person at NBA draft scouting. Isaac, please tell people where they can find you all your work. Uh, you do a lot of great stuff. So, so just let the people know. Um, so on Instagram is where um, I feel like I'm best known on. Uh, that's where I started out on. Uh, it's at NBA draft scouting. Um, you can see a lot of my work easier on there. On Twitter, it's NBA Draft Scouting without a G. I don't, I didn't have enough characters to fit in the G, so I had to do it without a G. And then you can subscribe to my YouTube as well at NBA Draft Scouting, where I just post like three to three and a half minute videos, scouting report videos on certain prospects. I took in depth uh, looks on. Yeah, yeah, actually, thanks for cleaning that up because I was like. Why is there no G at the end? But it makes total sense. Yeah. Twitter's got to fix their system. I mean, that's yeah. an ongoing thing. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you coming on, man. I really enjoy looking at your work throughout the draft process, as I know many others do. 
Um, so, you know, keep up, keep up what you're doing because it's um, been you. really enjoyable so far. Um, and then if you want, you could follow me at report underscore court on Twitter. You'll find all my draft work there. If you want to follow the podcast at Upside Swings. Um, and then if you just want to rate and review us, it helps us out a lot and, and grow our base a bit. Yeah, uh, we want to thank Isaac again. Uh, his work is really great. Uh, you know, I do like written scouting reports and those are nice. But, but what's great about Isaac's is that they're really digestible and he and he puts them down onto the post and you can sort of see everything and, and he does a really good job keeping the nuance while making it really digestible so um i, I think you. i think that's it, it's him and uh just nba draft dc i think um on twitter are two of the best guys at that who just post like the full scouting reports just just great guys um and and i'm at bryce Hendrick 14 uh you feel follow me or don't feel free um <laughs> Thanks again to Isaac. Thanks again to everyone listening. This has been great. Uh, This has been the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.